Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is June 23rd, 2022. We continue with our series Chronicles of the Kingdom. This is Lesson 24. Humility, faith, and spiritual wisdom. Yes, that is our topic for the day. Humility, faith, and spiritual wisdom. Not exactly something that's going to draw crowds in today's modern world. Well, maybe maybe wisdom. People want to think they can hear about wisdom. But humility, and humility when spoken with faith, is not exactly popular tar- topics. Maybe Maybe faith... If it's in a very positive, let me build you up sort of thing. But oftentimes, many good teachings on faith uh, usually revolve around overcoming obstacles. But with that, when we start talking about humility, which no one wants to hear about humility, and that's because pride is such a big, major factor in this fallen world. And I say that, and many, many people, uh, non-believers, understand that there's a certain point of pride that is bad. And they go, no, no, I'm, I'm not a proud person. I'm not a proud person. But saying one is not proud and being proud is two different things. And you have to understand, pride is a virtue of the world. It is a point of human competition. When I say human competition, I don't necessarily mean like, let's play ball and, and see who can win. I'm talking about it's, it's a competitiveness where you have to be better than everyone around you. I like to use the, 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 the little phrase, one up. You ever met someone that wants to one up you? No matter what you say, they have to say that they've done the same thing better or they've just one-upping you. Just whatever you do, they, they have to one-up you. Listen, that that is pride. Yes, it's coming from that spirit of competition. They have to compete. They have to beat you. But we have to understand, it's one thing to play a game. It's another thing where you have to beat someone in every point of life. That's pride. That is pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Well, if we're living in a fallen world, you can think that there's pride and haughtiness in the world. It is a virtue of the world. And what we also have to understand is James 4, 6 says, 
but he, God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And that word resist there, when you look at the definitions in the Greek, means to means to violently come against. Violently come against God. Violently comes against the proud. We need to really, I'm pausing there. Yes, there's some silence. There's some pause there. We need to think about that because there's so much pride in the world and it does invade the church. It does attempt to influence God's people. And if you're a believer in Christ and you have flesh on you, go ahead and pinch yourself because that 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 little pinch you're doing, you're, you're feeling, you got pride. It, it is there. And it is something that we must seek transformation in. Yes, we must seek out being transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Really like this verse says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Just some highlights I want to point out from this is that word sacrifice, that word conformed. We're called to be a living sacrifice. A sacrifice, the Old Testament, was an animal that they would kill. They would kill this animal to the Lord. The Lord's not asking us to end our lives like Jim Jones and cult leaders that want you to kill yourself for them. God wants you to be a living sacrifice. In other words, our old life is crucified with Christ and we now live his life in us. He wants us to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to lay down my desires, my pride. I'm going to lay down and pick up the humility of Christ. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm not going to be like everything else in this world. And so I must be transformed. Well, how am I transformed? Well, I need transforming and renewing in my mind. You know, so much of our transformation in life is when our minds is renewed it's it's the, the the renewing of our minds with the word of god it transforms us as people think about this for a minute it transforms us as people a, a friend of mine in the business community had this quote that I, I like to use he said it years ago and i wrote it down and i've used it I think I even posted it on my social media. He said, demonstration is the manifestation of one's commitment. Demonstration is the manifestation of one's commitment. We say we're committed to Christ. Well, how does that manifest in our lives? Well, it manifests in a demonstration. Have we demonstrated that commitment? Because that is um, the manifestation of this commitment we say we've made. When you get married, you make a commitment to your spouse. 
Stay faithful. Well, how does that manifest? It manifests in a demonstration of faithfulness. If you can't remain faithful, then you're not manifesting that commitment. If you're not manifesting the commitment, it makes one wonder whether or not the commitment is real. There are many commitments in our lives that we say, but is that manifesting in ourselves? See, this is this is one of the biggest fights I, I think that we as, as as human beings can have is overcoming our pride. And so we need to be transformed by God. Well, how how do we do that? How how are we transform? Well, I guess our minds are re- renewed. How do we renew our mind? Well, in the Word of God, the Word of God it, it washes us, it, it cleanses us. Um, but another way is the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God to cleanse us, to transform us. We need. How do has that happen? Well. The Spirit of God lives in us. Like I said, when you, at salvation, we exchange our old lives with the life of, of Jesus. Our old lives are now crucified on that cross with Christ. And now Christ's life lives in me. There's this in me thing we need to, to understand. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, we've talked a lot about the love of God and the power of God. That was one of the greatest mysteries. And so, being rooted in the love of God, that's being planted in Christ. We've talked a lot about seeds being planted in the top of good trees, bad trees that grow out of that. We need the love of God to be planted and grounded in us, this power of God. And notice that it happens in our hearts through faith, faith in Christ. And so suddenly there's this correlation. We're talking about humility, but how do we get there? How do we overcome? And all of a sudden we're, we're into this thing about the Holy Spirit living in us. And all of a sudden this point of faith comes up. You see, we can't go around bragging about our faith and think that we've overcome our pride because we have such great faith. Think about it. How many times, I mean, when you brag, you're using pride. I'm going to brag about how I've killed pride. You're bragging about your pride. It's, you know, you're bragging about your faith. Well, you probably don't have faith at all because faith would squash the pride. Real faith is grounded in the power of God, transforms us to the Spirit of God, and that produces a type of humility in us. And this sort of kind of gets into, I think, another thing. If you if you notice when you start thinking about this and talking about it and going through scriptures and you start going through this process, all of a sudden you begin to see a little deeper. And I know sometimes when I'm doing these podcasts, sometimes it sounds like I'm just, my teachings, maybe just I'm a rambling thing. I'm trying to be simplistic. I'm trying to help you learn to dig into God's Word and be transformed. And sometimes just talking and asking questions produces things. And as I've gone through this, I've hopefully have brought us to this point 
of realizing that, well, I'm, you know, I'm talking about pride, I'm talking about humility, I'm talking about faith, and now I'm we're bragging. And why am I bragging? Am I bragging just because I'm prideful? Or am I bragging because I'm really trying to hide something? What am I trying to hide? I'm trying to, to cover something that I feel like I don't have. And if you don't have something, that's called a need. Yes, I've sort of rambled this out, but this is the next point, is that your pride and your faith is also tied into your needs. Your needs. And if you remember when we talked about those, the the, the bad seed and the bad tree and some of the limbs that grew out of the bad tree was because of needs, the, the the bad seed produces a tree with needs and the 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 because you have needs what are the limbs that come out well the limbs when you have needs are called lusts and you lust and of course there was pride was down in the, in, in the root of that tree and so the fact that your pride is completely tied into your needs the more needs you have the more pride you have i know that sounds completely backwards the world would have you think you have pride because i don't have any needs and i'm a big man but the fact of the matter is, is that you're being proud and beating your chest because you're hiding the very needs that you don't want anyone to know you have. It's, it's, it's really a big identity issue, you see, because God is the supplier of all of our needs. And because God supplies all my needs, that makes me humble. How does it make me humble? Well, because I'm thankful. I'm so thankful God supplied my needs. It, it, it leads to meekness. It leads me to being gentle and caring and yielding to other people because God's taking care of me. It, it's a characteristic of what a life structure, something in our life. It, it's the very foundational thing that helps build us up. And in the sense, we're talking about abundant living. Remember we talked about abundant life? The seed of God produces abundant life in us. And when we say abundant life, I'm not talking about how much or how little we have. I'm not talking about that. That's what's so bad about the quote prosperity gospel is that get rich quick, get rich quick. God wants you to be rich. And you realize I'm not really rich. I'm looking at my bank account. I'm not rich. And and there's bills coming in. And I and you, you certainly have need. I have need. I have need. And that need produces a lust. And that lust is a sin within itself. And it's funny because pride gets driven in that because you begin to have pride over what little you have. You secretly have these needs and this arrogance comes up on what you have. See, that's not the abundant living. When God provides abundant living, it's not a matter of how little or how much you have. It's the fact that you have no sense of lack. In other words, God has provided for your needs. It's not that, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, gosh, this bill's coming. Is that you know God has provided for your needs. It, it's what takes away this drive for I won't, I won't, I won't. See, that drive of I won't, I won't, I won't. I need, I need, I need. It, it leads to such frustration in our heart because no matter how much you strive to get, once you get it, it's still empty. It's hollow. 
Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 34, 7, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires. God will give you the wants of your heart. And to see the power of that one, you got to read it correctly. Many people think that means that, oh, I want something, so God's going to give me that. No, God gives you the want. He gives you the desire. What is it that you desire? You know, we think, of, well, I, I, I desire to have a Coca-Cola right now. It's hot outside. I would like something. To drink. No, God gives you desire, not for yourself. He gives you a desire, usually a kingdom desire, a purpose, a mission. Because God is, he's supplying our needs. So we don't need anything. So he's not going to give us needs. He's going to give us the, the, those desires, the passion. What do I want to do with my life? He gives you those things. He doesn't give you junk to fulfill your flesh. I want to do it. Come on, man. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy how we, we, we want to twist that. Philippians 4.19, and, and my God shall supply all your needs or lack according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He'll take care of you. What you need, he supplies. What you lack, he supplies. Anyone listening to this message will look at your bank account and say, well, I need this. But the fact of the matter is, right now, at the moment of your statement, you didn't need it or you to have it. I mean, we can always, I mean, and see, that's not allowed the world. We could all use an extra $100. We could all use an extra million dollars. I don't have a million dollars, but I could sure use it. Most of you listening to me could say the same thing. But even if you had it, guess what? You'd still have a need. You'd still end up saying an hour later, I wish I could really need another. It's easy on one side to say, well, no, no, no. If I had, if I just had that one million, I'd be fine. But then you'd get it. You'd wait a minute and you try to say, you know, if I just had another, I'd be fine. Because it's it's a it's just a physical thing that leaves you empty. It's a physical thing that leaves you empty, and it gets into again. We're talking about pride. How does pride and need these things go hand in hand? Because when we have needs, it feeds into pride, and that's we we try to cover those needs. You know, I've, I've been talking a lot about a million dollars. That's that's. In a joking way, that's what I'm talking about. But there are so many things in our lives that we we pride and we beat up. You know, we I do the little beat things it's like a gorilla, you know, pounding on the chest. You know, I'm beating my chest here. You know, that's uh, that's the issues I'm talking about. The the, the pride where you're one upping everyone. You know, God wants us to live in His abundance you know he's, he's taking care of us and that when i know i'm taking care of it produces a humility a thankfulness a meekness and, and the world considers this a weakness but it's funny they consider it a weakness yet it's really a point of strength because you're taken care of you know you're taken care of and when you know you're taken care of and you have that peace peace from god that beyond understanding 
when you have that in your life, it allows you to sort of, you begin to lose, I'm not worried, I'm not concerned, I have this peace, and it gives you a moment of clarity. And when we start talking clarity, let me use a word and a trend the world likes to use, enlightenment. You see, in this moment, you become enlightened to the reality of God, the reality of His purposes, the reality of what's going on. And it's in this moment of clarity and enlightenment that the wisdom of God is revealed to you. Remember Isaiah 11 too says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That, that That's all upon Jesus. And I know some people say, well, you can't count that for us. That's that's for Jesus. Well, yes, it's true. But then Ephesians 1, 7 and 18 says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You see, it has to ha- it has to be on Jesus before it can be on us. That's another meditative thing. Let's pause and reflect on that. Jesus, when he came to earth, he was incarnate. And he says, what? I only speak what I hear my father speak. I only do what I see my father doing. And then he's telling us to what? Look at him. Copy him. Emulate him. Imitate him. I may never be God, but it doesn't mean I can't try to imitate him. That's his desire. And then likewise here, the spirit of the Lord rested upon him, upon Jesus, gave him wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, all that sort of good stuff. And because of that, Jesus, in sharing his inheritance with us, the prayer in Ephesians, asked the Lord to impart to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge in him. To what? Open the eyes of our understanding to enlighten us. Oh, 1 John 5, 6, chapter 4 and 6. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. And by this we know the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is in us. He's bearing out the truth. And when the Spirit of truth shows us truth, it's like the light bulb comes on, like the little cartoon and the little light bulb flashes up. You, you, you get it. You understand. You know, God wants us to be fruitful in his kingdom. If we're going to be children of God, he wants us to be fruitful. And this fruitfulness, it flows out of being transformed from what the world had to what the kingdom has. We need to be transformed. And when we're transformed, there are certain attributes. You know, in a worldly sense, when we say attributes, to be assets. What's an asset? It's something, you know, profitable. It's something that you, you own that has value. It's an asset. It's, you know, military terms, it's a weapon. You know, there are attributes that are like assets from heaven that are given to us through this transformation power of God and it's available to flow through us. You know, these things come from God. What are these? Well, purity, holiness, humility. When you, you know, when you have the purity, holiness, and humility of God in you, 
that's when all of a sudden you begin to go, wow, all things are possible. Man, it really increases your faith. How does that increase your faith? Listen, if, 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 if you're an honest person, you can say, I was not pure, but I came to Jesus Christ and he made me pure. And when you've been transformed like that, it, you go, if, if God can do this in me, all things are possible. It's when your pride is suddenly put down and it's replaced with a humility. You know all things are possible. It's when all of a sudden the holiness of God, the thing that says you have been set apart, you were you were dirty, but you clean and I set you apart. I may be in the world, but I'm not of the world. I go, man, all things are possible. If God can do this in me, what's impossible? Because these things are impossible to do. And yet the Lord did these things. That scripture you know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Powerful scriptures increases our faith. Yes. You see, to be led by the Spirit is not to be led by our needs. Being Spirit-led is never need-led. James three sixteen and 17 says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, Confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, I'm getting into this scripture here as I turn the a corner in our discussion. Because we've been talking about needs and, and self-seeking, and you know, if you're if you're if you're needful, I need, I need, I lust, I lust. You're very selfish. You're self-seeking. Self-seeking is point of pride. And of course, the scripture talks about where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing, the evil that comes out of that. This is what wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle. Willing to yield, full of mercy. This is that point of that that clarity where the, the Holy Spirit enlightens you, brings revelation, wisdom to you. It says it's full of good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. I focus on those two partiality. Well, what's partiality? It's favoritism. What I mean by favoritism, it's like I like you because you're rich and you dress nice in my church, but you 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 look really bad. You sit in the back. I don't know if I like your kind of people. That's partiality. It's favoritism. It's, it's, it's part of the every evil thing in confusion. Hypocrisy. You know, we, we see that so much today. You watch the news, you get into politics, you see hypocrisy everywhere. Listen, this is this stuff is not for the followers of God. This type of partiality, favoritism, hypocrisy, it comes from a religious spirit. It's demonic. It's part of the evil thing. Listen, being a follower of Christ, being the church, is not about doctrines, dogmas, precepts, or principles. 
We may talk about spiritual principles or spiritual precepts, but that's not what being a follower of God is about. Being a follower of God is having a relationship with God. It's about God living in you. It's about Christ in you. Colossians 1.27 To them God willed to make known what are the riches of His glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 5.17 For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2, 11-12 This is a faithful saying, For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. What am I talking about here? It's Christ in us, and we are called to reign in life, to rule in life. And when I say reign and rule, this isn't, again, the worldly idea of I exert authority over people. We're talking about life. There was a quote from Braveheart. You remember the movie Braveheart when Mel Gibson came out years ago? And one of the, one of the more famous quotes from the movie is when Braveheart's getting ready to die. He's in prison, and this is before he's executed. And they're warning him. The, 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 the woman comes to him begging for him if he will just confess these things that maybe they'll let him live in a tower the rest of his life and he's like all men die but not all men really live and of course he in the movie he refused to but I like to quote all men die but not all men really live it's a powerful quote meditate on it a little bit and understand it in a scriptural context where the truth of that is, listen, everyone on this planet is going to face death, but not everyone on this planet will live. Everyone that's walking and breathing right now is not actually alive. The Christians say, I see dead men walking. Um, if without Christ, you're not really living life. You're, you're a walking dead person. You're just awaiting sentencing. You're just awaiting for your eternal death to begin. But to rule life is to live in Christ. It's not about, I'm going to be boss of a hundred people or this person or sit as a king and crown myself with a, a crown and have money and tell people what to do, make my life nice and easy. See, that's the world's perception. That's the confusion that comes from envy and self-seeking. That's part of the every evil thing of the world. That is what sin has done, is blinded you to the truth. To be a ruler in life is to live in God, to have the glory of God live in you, and to live in the life that He's given, this eternal life. Man, if I'm going to live with eternal life, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rule in life. That's what makes you a, quote, king of the earth it's not about oh i'm going to be a, a physical king and rule see, see that's the evil the enemy's twisted over your eyes that you can have this stuff but you're going to die and then you die and you realize you didn't really live it goes back to this beginning of this conversation about 
the pride and the need and I'm going to build myself up and I have this need and I have this want and then you, you chase after it and you get it and it's empty. Being a ruler in this world is empty. You get it, you think you have it and then you realize you're just not what you thought. But life in Christ, life internal, man, you you achieve that and all of a sudden you go, what? With God, all things are possible. You know, there's many scriptures that talk about that God has made his kings and priests. You know, kings and priests of what? I mean, he's he's the ultimate king. He's the ultimate priest. So what's he what's he doing? What, what's he giving us dominion over? It's about living. It's about living life. The life that he originally breathed into us in the garden. He wants us to live with him. And when we live with him and we're living life, that's when we go, man, nothing is impossible for God. And if that isn't a message of faith to stir us up. Father, I thank you for today, God. I know this is not a typical teaching and talk, Lord. But, Father, it's one that sometimes we just need to sit down and talk about, God. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your spirit would stir in us, God, that you would transform us by your spirit, that, God, as we read your word, you would transform our minds, God, that you would transform our being, God, that you would take us from this fallen, prideful mess and you transform us, God, into humble, thankful people. The God that we would acknowledge that you have supplied all of our needs and we are so thankful for that God. That, Father, in that moment of clarity that you would give us that spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of you, God. God, and in that moment of such revelation, knowledge, and wisdom, God, that our faith in you would increase to know that you are the God of the impossible, that with you nothing is impossible, and you've given us the ability to to be rulers in life, in life, God, to experience living, to really live abundant life, not abundant worldliness, but abundant life with you eternally. And God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I hope this message has encouraged you. You can continue to listen to this series and all the lessons. ChristianImpact.net Be sure to check that out. Check out things about our ministry. Feel free to contact us. Drop us a line. Let us know what's going on. And until next time, God bless. (laughs) 